Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Manchester City capture first place of Group A after defeating PSG 2-1 at the Etihad. Man United clinch their place in the round of 16 in the first match of the Michael Carrick era, thanks to late goals from Cristiano Ronaldo and Jadon Sancho at Villarreal. Chelsea coming away with a dominant victory over Juventus to go top of Group H. We'll preview Sunday's big showdown between Chelsea and Man United and Liverpool remain perfect after sweeping aside Porto at Anfield. All that coming up in today's episode. Okay, Robbie Earl, a little bit of Champions League action midweek for Mm -hmm. us to to keep our eyes on and to, to watch as the group stages comes to an end. Just one group stage game after this. Before we get to the knockout stages, I think it starts kicks up again in uh, in February of next year. Yeah. Um, we will start with the big game, really mm-hmm. the headline grabbing game in terms of in terms of the players and the teams. Manchester City mm. did beat PSG at home two goals to one, um, put them top of the group, no problem. They've won the group. Um, I enjoyed it, mate. As a game yeah. of football, yeah. you know this competition. I, I thought. You know, it's, I mean, obviously not perfect in terms of all, all aspects of the game, but I blimmin' enjoyed this one. Yeah, first, I've got my thing down. Two stellar clubs who want to play in the same way. Just if I've got a fantastic, high-level, high-technical game of football. Mm. Mm. It's just good to watch whether there was no goals in the first half, but so much good play, so many um, good defensive. A PSG team at times, Robert, I was watching, is almost... 11 players with the ball, eight players without the front three at times are walking around the halfway line when, when the others are, are diving in. Kimbele and um, Paredes and, and Herrera are throwing their bodies in and the front three just sitting there waiting. But they're waiting for the moments that come, as it did nearly in the, at the end of the first half, came in the second half where they make something and you go, wow, that's the level that they are. In contrast to a City team where, where, where I thought it was a very, very good team performance with and without the ball, pass the ball really well, worked PSG, stretched them across the pitch, looked for those little spaces that we've seen. I thought it was a stellar City. Obviously, didn't get the goal again in, in, in the first half, but ended up winning. But um, I thought they were really good with and without the ball and, and kind of shows what how a team, when they all 11 are, 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 are focused in on a way of playing with and without the ball, sometimes can be good individuals. Mm. Yeah, I think we've got similar observations, Rob. I think it was pretty pretty clear and evident, wasn't it, about that and the, the way that the two teams in some ways were very similar. I thought the first half, you know, I'm right, you know, it's like the old cliche of it being a chess match where what I enjoyed, Rob, and, and you, you very rarely see it in the Premier League as a team that really technically with the ball in terms of keeping possession are almost as good as Man City. Yeah. So where we see Man City mostly put a little bit of pressure on, you know, when they give the ball away, they they um, counter-press and win it back again. Well, that didn't happen so much. And I, I actually enjoyed them. Oh, there you go. Have a bit of that. Because that's what teams, you know, have to cope with when you keep the ball so well. So I enjoyed PSG keeping possession, moving in from one side. I mean, there was long periods in the first half. Maybe we didn't get anywhere, mm. but I liked to see them keeping the ball. And it, and it gave it gave 
me evidence that I'm like, oh, this is different. This is kind of different city having to chase and having to organize. And they came through really well because I thought, as you just said, not just they've shown in the past they can counter-press and, and win it high up, but they've also got good organizational ability behind the ball in a deeper fashion to still, oh, wow, we're not winning it back just yet, but we will win it back mostly. Um, and the other observation, of course, I, I, I'll repeat, is those front three players of PSG. And this, when they pick up the ball, I mean, we're all glued to the tally, Rob, mm. based on what they can do and the differences between them. But, I mean, I, I, one of my first notes was like, wow, they literally walk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a couple of shots. On the <laughs> <They> literally walk. <laughs> And I, I look at the back. I look at the midfield three mm. that are spread across, oh. spread across the midfield because they have to. If they go narrow, they're going to get because nobody's coming back in the wider areas. Mm. A back four's in place. A midfield yeah. three that's spread across, and a front three that are stunningly dangerous when they do get it. But they literally wait to get the ball, and then they yeah. come alive. Yeah. And and as you said, like, can they win? Can they really win? Mm. the biggest stuff given that the way yeah. they play. They're going to win a ton of games. They're through to the knockout yeah. stages, of course, but uh, wow. I don't think they difference. can, though. I mean, in answer to your question, as I was looking today, I'm thinking, I don't know if you can. I think football has changed where you can, I don't say carry them, because A, they're, they're too good of players to carry, and B, can always create something. But you need everybody involved in, in whatever tactic you're doing. I, I just don't think we've gone to the days when, you could carry one or two and everybody else's other teams. If Manchester had took the chances in the first half, Rob, there'd have been two, probably three up. The game would have been gone. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's dangerous to say they could never do it with that team, Rob, in that way. Like, we've seen so many, like, so many extremes win things, like, playing in a different style. I, I But... Yeah, that, that's probably that's probably what's going to happen. Um, I just think, you know, from Pochettino's point of view, Rob, do you think there's any coach that could step into that club and demand more effort and energy from the front three, even if that's the right yeah. thing to do, by the way? Yeah. You don't, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure you want to tire them out. Be, well, there might be another way of getting more from them. I think Jurgen Klopp, with his personality and the way he plays, I think Pep Guardiola might be able to, Rob. With, with, with the way he plays. Whether it's because they've won more, whether it's because mm. of their personality, I don't know. I just got the sense that if Pep had those three players, those three players wouldn't have played in exactly the same way in a Pep team, Rob. There's absolutely mm. no, no, no mm. way. Now, I'm not saying they'll be flying all over the place and, 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 and closing down and going into crunching tackles, but I think they'd have positions where they'd have to get into to kind of get in front of the ball and get the structure right so that everything else behind them can, can, can fit in place. But it's an interesting one. And as you say, it, it's probably nitpicking a little bit on a great game. It's one of them games, as I'm watching, I'm thinking, you're a bit envious, aren't you? Because every player on the ball can take the ball, has got lovely mm. touches, comfortable. Nobody's fighting it. Nobody's mm. having a bad first touch. It's yeah. just one of those games where these high-level, top-class footballers where you have to, you know, you, you appreciate that speed and, and, and movement um, at that level of football. I thought as well, just, just thinking about the Man City lineup, Rob, and the players that were missing. You had no Grealish, mm. no De Bruyne, um, no yeah, Phil Foden. No yeah. I mean, you know, was Zinchenko coming into midfield for this game for Man City? I mean, it was a bit of a, not, not thrown together, but mm. I don't know. It wasn't a full strength Man City side. And still, yeah. wow, they're on the same page, Rob. They're super yeah. motivated to play for Pep Guardiola. Mm. Been there a few years now. The message isn't getting old. 
I thought the support in the stadium, the noise, the atmosphere was really good. It was a really, really good Champions League night. Mm. And a, like you said, a really good Man City-like quality. Mm. Ryan Sterling, Robbie, let's have a quick line on him yeah. because he's been out the side a little bit. He's been out, yeah. he's been out of favour a little bit. As, as, as most, by the way, thinking about it, you know, I think at one time or another, maybe nearly every player on this team has been out of favour. Yeah, it's funny. Isn't I think Mar- yeah. Mars hasn't yeah. played a lot, and now he's back in. Ryan Sterling is the recent one where it's like, wow, yeah. that was Rodri favorite. was one, wasn't he? Rodri was out Rod- a little bit. Fernandino yeah, was in. Bones has been yeah. out a little bit. Yeah, Maybe yeah, Diaz. I, I mean, Diaz didn't play. Maybe Diaz. Yeah. Um, Cancelo's been out of favour. Yeah. Walker's been pretty consistent. Um, but Ryan Sterling, Rob, there's talk about him hinting a move yeah. maybe to Barcelona. Yeah. Mm. He's three goals now in his last three games. Yeah. Like, is he... Can he get his head down again, Rob? Or, or yeah. I feel like with Ryan Sterling, sometimes like when it gets to a point, he gets fed up and he's whatever reason and he wants to go. Can he get his head down again and be an important player for yeah, that? Absolutely, Rob, because he's, he's got goal potential. He's got versatility in playing any one of those front three positions. He's still got lightning pace that makes him so dangerous in those one-on-ones in those wide areas. Um, so I, I think he can come again. It, it's, We've seen it with, with, with Pep, and I don't, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but it seems as though when he falls out with people, you've really got to work hard to get back on side. But I, mm. I, I sense with this one, it's not done yet. I'm, I may be wrong, I may be wrong. I, I get the sense that if Ryan Sterling can get his head down, continue to get his goals, continue to produce at the levels that he's seen. The, these 15 to 20 goals in a good Ryan Sterling, this Man City team, as we've talked about, without a striker with a false nine, needs mm. goals from other areas. He can deliver them to you. And perhaps not silly enough to, to get rid of him just because they've maybe had a fallout in somewhere in the past. So I still think there's hope for, for uh, Sterling. And I think one I just wanted to mention, Rob, who's probably a good example for Sterling to look at, Bernardo Silva, by the way. Yeah, yeah. In the summer, there was talk like Bernardo Silva could be on his way. He might be the, the, the odd one out. God, mm. yeah, enough important to him. He's a brilliant moment. player. He's a brilliant that, little player. That false nine role that he links, that he drags people around. His touch for the for the Jesus goal. Yeah, great is, touch. Is superb. I mean, yeah. he, he watches it all the way, and then he kind of looks away from Jesus, knowing where he is, and he's just going to yeah. roll it with absolute beautiful weight and pace yeah. and angle. And it's just yeah. like, there's another who, at one time this season, early this season, people weren't sure whether he, he was going to be part of City's mm. plans. Very much, you know, important part of, of their best 11. He can play in maybe six positions in the team. I mean, all across midfield, all across the front three. I think he's a brilliant little player. And also a little mention that I thought right, um, Carl Walker as well for the first yeah. goal. Mm. Did really well from that right-hand side. Um, we're kind of blessed, and I'm trying to make a link here. We're kind of blessed with right backs in uh-huh. football at the moment. Uh-huh. And if you're okay, mate, should we move it through to the next game, um, which was Chelsea? And we'll get on to the right back in this game. Uh, but Chelsea beat Juventus 4 0, ripped them, ripped them apart, really. Um, another example of Chelsea's strength in depth. This one was a little uh, different with Christian Pulisic, Rob playing as. The number nine. Yeah, I thought he struggled. To be honest, I don't think it's a spot we're going to see him too many times. You know, no, I know it's not his about, best spot, is it? It's not. He doesn't get the best out of him. I don't think. I don't think so. I think he. I think he prefers when you're playing in the, wide, in the deeper, wider roles. You're on the half turn more right, to yeah, receive the yeah, ball. I yeah, think Rob. So he's on the half yeah, turn. Yeah. But when you're central, when you come for the ball, a lot of times your back is to the goal, and it's. Yeah. I don't know. I just. 
I, I mean, yeah, he did fine. He's been out for a little time. He's a little while. He's going to be a little bit rusty and stuff. Mm. But I, I didn't think it was his bit best spot. He's better in the Hudson Odoi role, yeah. in the Ziyech yeah. role. Yeah. Um, but it was just a, a performance, Rob, from Chelsea that oh. created a ton of chances. I know Juventus are, are, are having a poor season. They're maybe mm. in transitional themselves. I thought another example of how Chelsea are looking, particularly over the last two games, further back as well. But but right now they are purring, they're cruising. They look like a machine that's got everything in all areas. My notes here were big thanks to Cobham. Cobham yeah. is the academy training ground in Chelsea. Uh, I used to live down that area when when I was playing. Um, latter days at Wimbledon and when I finished my career. So know the area well. Wet used to go down to, to see um, a bit of training there, keeping out. Brendan Rodgers back in the day was, was a coach there, Rob. Yeah. And they started something back then that is now bearing the fruits of the Reese James, who gets the first goal. Hudson, no, sorry, the second goal. Shalabal yeah. gets the first goal. Yeah. Hudson Adoy gets the third goal. Ruben Loftus-Cheek comes on and starts to look like the player we all think he could be. Mason Mount comes onto the team. I mean, we're talking five or six, Rob, at a level where it is most difficult to to improve. Most academies in in, in England can produce players that probably end up in the Championship or lower end of the Premier League because it's so hard to make kids of the quality of, of what Chelsea need. But... You, you, you look at these kids who've come in and Rich James has probably saved Chelsea 60, 70 million in terms of... Hakimi was what was on the list, apparently. It wasn't he on Chelsea's list, I think, uh, this in the summer. We saw today at P- PSG. And you look at Rich James and go, oh. I, 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 I'm, I'm very happy with, with what I've got. And Thomas Tuchel deserves some credit because he's, remember his first game... At, at home for Chelsea. Do you remember the game? Your memory's not as good as mine. 0 no. 0, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and in a night game where he played many, many of the experienced players and, and didn't hardly play any of the kids. And everybody yeah. jumped on it straight away. I remember. Went, oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Do you remember? And they were saying, oh, I wonder if he's not going to play the kids. Is he going to go the experience? And he's apparently, and I was really interested that he went into the, the, maybe the second dressing room where a lot of the younger players were and said, you're all going to have your time. I just need mm. to get through some difficult moments and I've got to go with the experience. Mm. And he has and he's done that and, and he's looked at him, Rob, and, he, and he's seen the ones he want. For some reason, he saw something in Tammy Abraham he didn't like. I don't know what that was, but Tammy was, al- was allowed to go. Um, and his management of young players who are growing and learning and are becoming top-class professionals and his handling of the Thiago Silvers of the world who... Probably is age, Rob. You thinking should, should or would be getting exposed? He's just doing a brilliant job of of, of keeping this melting pot of, of quality players together, and he deserves loads of credit. Absolutely, loads of credit. I thought some of the link-up play going through the middle, Rob, um, which where at times they they struggled was better. And again, just looking at some little tactical things, Rob. Again, and. Uh, I, I, like, can you remember, like, some parts of last season they struggled to 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 create enough? And I think what we talked about it. I talk about turn up the attacking dial a little bit. They need because they have great control. We know defensively Chelsea are really, really great. But I, I thought the manager needed just to find a way to turn up the dial, and mm. I think he's done it in in a very in in very subtle ways. First way is two ways. First way, I think now that the outside centre backs, so Chalaber in this game and yeah, Antonio yeah. Rudiger. 
yeah. a higher and more supportive and more involved in the attacking part of the game for Chelsea than they were. So often, Rob, where the ball's been built up in the outside areas, it comes yeah. back to it like Rudiger and, and wow, mm. it's kind of high. Rudiger might try a little run through the middle. Yeah. Now yeah. again, and that's not that's not a massive uh, upgrade in your ability to score goals, yeah. but it is yeah, a, it yeah. is a it is a yeah. kind of a, a, a turning up of the attacking kind of threat of it all. And also Engolo Kante and how he mm. plays with mm. Jorginho. And it's a shame because I was going to do some analysis on uh, Engolo Kante, Rob, into this weekend. But unfortunately, in this game, he yeah. went off injured. So we're going to yeah. switch to, to Reese James that we'll talk about in a second. But if, if, if everybody out there just watches the next time these two play, and it's such a shame if he's injured for a little while. I mean, the system written on paper, and when we all write it, and we, we all see it on our apps and mm. our websites, has Kante side by side for Jorginho. It's, the, it's, the, it's part of that four across the midfield. But when you watch them play, they're on, they're on a diagonal line, and it's diagonal yeah. to the right. Yeah. So Jorginho's very much holding, playmaking from a deeper position. But N'Golo Kante now is not just slightly ahead. He's really ahead. He's really ahead. He's like two o'clock. If, 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 like, if you think of, of Jorginho's six o'clock, he's there yeah. really, really high. He made a run earlier on. They nearly scored a goal. You know, he, he's, he's uh, in the last, sorry, in the last league game. He got four. It lasted. It lasted. At Leicester, it made, he went through made two early. or three before he scored. Yeah. He made right. two or three. And, and mm. it continued in this game, Rob. And it's a, again, something that Frank Lampard, tried it as a number eight in a four three three. Remember that? And people were saying, well, why yeah, is he yeah. not holding? And and I and I and I thought, well, yeah, he's probably but let's see it. And another manager is valuing basically Rob his energy to get forward and make things happen. Not a yeah. technically a wizard of a player, but blimmin' useful. And another example that it's not just going to be about the front three players for Chelsea, the one up top yeah. and the two behind that's got to do everything, the other help is coming from different areas in terms of their ability to attack. We all know the numbers, Rob, and it's another defender, Trevor mm. Chalabar, in this goal. The, def- the yeah. goals that defenders are scoring this team is insane, which yeah. brings us on. And the other player, the defender that scored again, Reese James, another wing-back. A wing-back goal on this team now is becoming incredibly regular and very valuable, given the attacking dies, finding other ways, other players to score goals. Reese James, Robbie Og, you take over on him. Um, right now is probably pound for pound the best player in the Premier League right now. I mean, he, he's playing with a belief now. It's always been there. Everybody thought he was alone at Wigan, played defensive midfield a few years ago, came into the football club. Anyone who works with him, I heard Joe Cole talking about him in the academy yesterday, just said he's a beast of a guy. He's, he's built like a real, you know, decathlete kind of bill. He said he's got a touch of an angel. He's got a lovely feel for the ball. He can whip a ball with pace, he can tickle one round the corner, got lovely feet as you saw in his in his makeup for the second goal and it was interesting because as I was watching him yesterday, <laughs> I was laughing to myself thinking, God, he's playing that well and he's that young that sooner or later a Real Madrid or a Barcelona is going to come for him and then I went, hold on a minute, why would you want to go Barcelona or Real Madrid by the way, when you're at the home of the Champions League winners, you're sitting top of the table you're flying with your football. Actually, those those sort of moves that were the biggest moves back in the day when the McManamans and people and, and Gareth Bales were going are no longer su- such a draw. And by, right, right now, Rhys James is probably thinking, I'll get my head down and, and have my next 10 years at this football club because these good things are going to happen. Absolutely good things are going to happen. I mean, we, we raved about him in the last league game, the last podcast. Before that, I raved about him watching him live at Wembley for England. And again, he is a he is a 
star, star player. And my goodness, I mean, right backs, whether it's Carl Walker, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, the full backs in this game, and it's something that we maybe we'll feature, Rob, in our shows yeah, later on. Yeah. But the importance, I mean, I'm thinking back mm-hmm. to Joe Cancelo, Rob, and what he can do. Yeah, the importance yeah. of full backs has always been blimming critical when people don't realise it is. The reason being is there's off, there's there's very often, almost always, a lot of space in the wide areas. Mm-hmm. So you give a good player time on the ball, he'll show you as a good player. So that's yeah. where you want some of your better players in fullback positions. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing. And right now we have a crop in the Premier League and, 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 and English ones that yeah. even uh, Tariq Lamptey at uh, Brighton, there's, there's a ton yeah. of right backs. But, uh, but uh, Reese James right now, in terms of what footballer can have, strength, speed, touch, shooting ability, bravery, mental toughness, stamina, I'm struggling to not tick all those boxes pretty strongly. So again, I, I, I just think it, it, he's, his performance level and what he's doing yeah. demands that I, us, talk about it because it's, yeah. it's pretty extraordinary. And it's, it's, again, credit maybe to the manager at this football club to bring him in and to, to be a little careful with him at, at moments. Mm. You know, he was pretty queer to there sometimes and he's uh, used other guys there. Um, but Reese James, wow, he's, he's, a, he's a star, mate. Credit, and again, I have to say credit to this academy, Rob, who's producing mm. them. They've got players in the team. They've got like Conor Gallagher out on loan, doing great business at other clubs. You know, the way they do their football. Um, all good news. Good news. Yep. Lukaku, on, Lukaku on the bench wasn't needed, but obviously getting close to fitness. The disappointing news, Rob Chilwell went down yeah. with it. Looks like an ENG and we're hearing reports that there is some test to become, but it could be an ACL. Could be an ACL. Mm. Talking about the NSC, which would be a really tough time for him, mm. having worked his way back in the team and in really mm. good form at the moment. Um, mm. The other one I just want to mention be- before we move on, I can see it, uh, Robbie Musto. I thought yeah. looked a little bit more like the player we yeah. have expected from expected. Ajax. Pl- yeah. Playing in, in that hole, obviously it was a day when Pulisic played it as, as, as the nine and he played in one of those number two tens. I thought it was more like him getting on the ball, making things happen, prompting, looked bright, looked creative. Again, another one that, you know, for, for Tuchel, who's got real competition for places all over the pitch now, just thought it was it was a little bit more, I think, of what we've all expected of the player we saw at Ajax mm. uh, when when Chelsea signed him what eighteen months ago. Yeah, I think he's been. I think in general, I remember we had a chat a few weeks ago, Rob, about who else was going to do it for them going forward. Who mm. else, apart from Lukaku, who was going to step forward? Havertz, Ziyech, Pulisic, Mount. Yeah, I think to be fair, I mean Pulisic's you know still to get to his best again after being out for such a while, yeah. but all the others have stepped up. Plus the defenders, plus set piece goal. We get another one yeah. with Chalaba today. Plus the wing backs uh, quality. Um, yeah, it's looking pretty good. Also, Turbo, Turbo Timo Werner, Rob gets on the score sheet. Fair play to him for the yeah, third Pulisic goal. must have been gristling his teeth because he comes off Tony and late on a chance comes in for him. And the little mention, mm. Rob, just before we go, the manager, by the way, because uh, I saw a couple of stats that, that hit me. He joined this football club on the 26th of January this year. So he's not even been there, been there 12 months. He's delivered a Champions League trophy. He's got a team sitting top of the table. He's balanced out a squad and, and got competition for places. And I think it's 50 games now he's had at the football club, 32 wins. I mean, it's an incredible number of clean sheets as well. In, in I, mean, I bet number. I bet the goals conceded is a stunning number yeah, as well. Just stunning, you know. So, back, uh, credit to, to Chelsea and, and the way they've gone about the business. You know, there they were um, some rumours about, you know, some criticism about the way Tuchel come in and was he was it going to be the right man it can be confrontational but it hasn't seemed anything like and Chelsea yeah. look bang in yeah. form my friend 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Let's move it on to Villarreal, Manchester United. A lot of eyes on this one. Obviously, the first game after Ollie had departed, Michael Carrick in charge of a Man United team that were desperate to get through to the knockout stages of the Champions League competition. You know, United in their current state cannot guarantee top four. Certainly, will want to stay in the competition. Um, United got the job done. Wasn't pretty, my friend. No, it wasn't. wasn't. they They got the three points. So, credit for Carrick on that. Criticism a little bit in terms of the way they got there? Yeah, of course you've got to give credit. Um, I mean, he, he kind of credited the game to Argo and Solskjaer afterwards, and obviously there's a massive friendship between them. Um, and it, we ain't going to see too much different. And it, the football wasn't much different. I mean, scrappy, disjointed football. I guess they hung in there. They got a clean sheet somehow. David De Gea, Robbie Earl, again, was very yeah. busy. was a very, very busy goalkeeper. Couple of big shouts, I thought, in terms of the lineups. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Rashford to the bench, not so big. Bruno Fernandez, yeah, not not starting Bruno. I would struggle to comprehend that in in general. But fair play, Michael Carrick made that call. Because it's always okay when you win a game. Um, yeah. Though I didn't think the team were very good, mate, until he came on. Those two players mm-hmm. came on sixty around the hour yeah, mark, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought they looked better then. Um, gifted the first goal for Ronaldo. Uh, with well, good pressure, good but pressure poor, Fred, yeah. poor play in general. Hmm. But yeah, they got the job done, and they only needed a point. They qualified for the next stage. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought a bright spark was Jaden Sancho, Rob, and yeah, uh, yeah, not, not that he was amazing, but better. Hmm. Like this is hmm. you know better. This yeah. is this is what the, the club expected. I thought he's a little brighter, looks a little more confidence in his game. Hmm. Um, so him's good for him getting a goal the late on just puts it in the top corner. Really nice goal, by the way. Nice counter attack yeah. goes right through the yeah. lines. Really good build up play. Good finish. It ended up being a good day for Carrick and Man United. Relief was there, but ugh, they're gonna yeah they they yeah. want to find ways to play better football than that in the future. Yeah, again, it, it, it felt a little bit like the an only team doesn't play well. Rely on Ronaldo gets you the goal. De Gea comes up with a big few moments to keep you in the game. Jaden mm-hmm. Sancho, as you said, was was a real bright was was the bright spark. I thought he looked a little bit more confident. He looked like he wanted to make things happen. Um, it was interesting. I wonder whether he's one of them gets affected by maybe a Bruno or a Ronaldo or something. Whether that takes a little bit away from his game. You know, the, the, the three players ahead of McTominay and Fred was interesting for, from Carrick's point of view. Martial gets to start left side. Don't think he did his. his Chance he's much favours. Still not 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 convinced with him. Danny van, van der Beek thought tried hard to try and make things happen, try to be brave on the ball, but it was a team that lacked a bit of confidence in, in all honesty. And Sancho on the right hand side. So we kind of put in three players who were not part of all these things. I think he, I almost felt like he had to do something, Rob. He couldn't continue to do what he was doing. It was almost like, well, that wasn't working. So how can I do that? So at least by changing it. He changed the dynamic a little bit, the chemistry. Ronaldo gets the goal, it gets him off. Sancho gets the goal, it'll do his confidence a world of good. And mm. somebody, somebody, uh, I heard an interesting debate actually about, about Sancho. And, and I thought it, 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 it's one worth at least talking about. Like, if Jaden Sancho had a Gary Neville or a Lee Dixon behind him, 
playing for Manchester United? Might we have seen a little bit more? Might might there be somebody who can, you know how they used to say, as you know, he used to be on a string. So you're talking, go in there, go in there, take him on. You know, I'm coming inside. Somebody who could just take him through those first 10 games of a Manchester United career that's difficult. Might mm. we have seen a little bit more? Wan-Bissaka, I think, is just getting two games and, and looking for at a film game. Yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah. he, he's in a position where he can afford to think about something for him. It was just a mm. thought, and I thought, it's quite an interesting point, because I know, you know, we've known Lee Dixon, who's he's had Ray Parler, he's had uh, Freddie Lundberg, he's had Nicholas Anelka, he's had Robert Pires sitting in front of him, and Lee tells us how you can almost talk them through the game. Just wonder if somebody like that might have helped Sancho through a difficult period. I think it's an interesting point. Um... I think the answer to that, if there's consistency, and that's where I first, my first thing is like, well, well he hasn't played on one side regularly, Rob, yeah. to build an understanding. But the point's still valid. If he plays on the right-hand side, if he has a Gary Neville behind him or a Lee Dixon, I think it does help him. I think an experienced player, at United, of course, though, he's played a lot on the left-hand side. So, you know, I don't, again, I'm not sure Luke Shaw is that type of player to, to help and to cajole and to talk through games. I think it would help if he's on, on, on one particular side. I thought he was signed to fill the need of a right-sided winger, yeah. midfield yeah. player. Um, but he's played a lot on the left-hand side. So I think it's a really good point. I think consistency would help him, absolutely. And with an experienced fullback, which they haven't really got, I think it's a good shout. Yeah, and I think it would, would have helped. I mean, the manager's job and the coach's job is to try and instill the confidence and to give him some things to work on and to analyse his game and sit down with him with a video and look at this and look at that and these are your numbers and I want this. And I'm sure that's going on. I hope that's going on at the football club. But I think it's a good shout. And I think there's valid. There's definitely a point to be made. It's just help him as well and keep a, persist, a consistent spot in the team where he can grow into it and build some chemistry and understanding with the players around him. Okay, man, my friend, let, let's get to one of the biggest talking points in, in English football right now. Who's going to take the interim's interim position? There seems to be a lot of numbers, names and, and, and people in the frame for this particular role. Is Pochettino going to be one of those who puts that all to bed? I mean, who's going to be the man that's going to help Jaden Sancho through this difficult time and see United through a period, Rob? Because at the moment, we've seen a lot of names being thrown forward. Some experienced operators who I'm wondering how they would look at a six-month spell at Manchester United, if that's what, what was yeah. being offered. And then yeah. what, what, what comes beyond? You know, Pochettino losing t- tonight in, 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 in Manchester with his PSG team, with a team that we've talked about, with, with, with Messi and Mbappe and, and Neymar that maybe aren't going to do some of the work that other players or less um, high-profile would do. Is there a thought that he might want might look at it, Rob, and think might be time to get out? If I can get out, I get out now, and I can go and take that job. Well, it doesn't sound like that's what he's going to do, Rob. Is it? I mean, he, mm. maybe the contractual well, wise, he's talking about the club. The club might not want him to do that. I, I get the sense if he could. And again, I, I'm just what I see, what I know. He's, make, he's making all the right noises that you expect. I get the sense if he could get out there for a fee, I don't know, 20 million buys him out and they would accept it. I think he'd go. I think he'd go as well. We know, Rob, that he's been in a hotel the whole mm-hmm. time. His family are not there. He's in a hotel. There's an interview I read about him loving the hotel and the people are so great to him. <laughs> the family situation is not great. Are they, are they yeah. still, his family still in London? Still in London, yeah. I, I, I mean, we said this 
long, long, long time ago that we thought Pochettino should have been. I mean, I got fed up with saying it, like repeat ourselves every week. I think he would be the best guy now, given I would have loved to see Antonio Conte shake the club to its core, but that's not going to happen. Pochettino is the best option, in my opinion, right now. Go and get him, Rob. Go and get him if you can. I know it's not easy, and maybe PSG Rob, and I understand it if they if they give it that one. Hang on a minute. We're Paris Saint Germain. We we yeah. we don't we don't feed yeah. to anybody. We're not going to yeah. bat with, and they could totally put the foot down, yeah. and he and he and he won't go. Um, but I'd love to see him there. And then you take away this weird situation. I've got some names here: Lucien Favre, Lu, uh, Rudy Garcia, Ralph Ranić, Ernesto Valverde. Now, which is pretty strong this last couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're big names, aren't they? names. I know, but not only that, Rob. But like, how is it going to? It's going to be a jolt. Like somebody, wow, this is kind of different, and we're going to try and do it this way. And okay, he's experienced, and yep, yep, yep. And then at the end of the season, well, everybody knows he's not going to stay on unless there's something spectacular. Who knows at this club? They could do anything. To be fair, so maybe they think they could. Um, and then it's going to change again. It's listen. I know it's not ideal. I know it's a surprise for the club, and maybe they don't think that Harry, um, that Michael Carrick can take it the whole season but I, it's just an odd one it's an odd one obviously the winner is can you get Mauricio Pochettino yeah, yeah. game's finished he's in Manchester maybe he misses his flight and stays in Manchester maybe speak to some higher ups at, at, uh, at Manchester United and Old Trafford to, to try and I don't know whether they have to persuade him I guess it's the officials of PSG that would have to persuade but if it's 10 or 20 million I, I, I think that's worth every penny go and bring in this guy and I think then the club, I mean, maybe I'm wrong saying this, Rob, can take, can, can, well, the, the, the fans of the club can take a breath. They'll have an experienced manager in charge. And yeah, he hasn't won a ton of things yet. He's won the French Cup. They're like 11 points clear in the French League. He's going to win the league in, in that, yeah, that division, yeah. which maybe isn't that much of an achievement. Um, he's got to Champions League finals before. I think then, if I was a Man United fan, which I'm not, like, okay, at least we have an adult. At least we have a legit guy that can can poke and, and try and help with the structure as well, potentially bringing the director of football or saying in his opinion what needs to be done. It'd be given a lot of power there, mm. a lot of respect, I'm sure, will be given to Pochettino if he goes in there. But it's just getting him, isn't it? Whether it's going to be now, yeah. whether it's going to be in summer, whether it's not. I mean, who knows? Apparently, he misspoke a bit yesterday and said PSG are competing in the Premier League. I don't know if that was wishful thinking or that he was wanting to return. Um, I'm with you. I just said, I think I said on, on the broadcast when Bex was talking to you, saying, you know, what's the best option this? And I said, why have we got, we're Manchester United. Let's, let's not know a best option in filling this. Go and get the guy. And if it costs you 20 million, 30 million, you, you pay 90 million for players who you, or 60 million for players who you don't play or you stick on the bench. Go and get a guy who can build you a football club in the next four or five years that's starting to really compete. He built a club at Tottenham. They've got to the Champions League final. For whatever reasons, whether they weren't quite good enough then, whether they need a little bit extra investment, whether they need different players, but he can build you that kind of, uh, of group, Rob. And wh where I look at it is, if you can get Poch now, he uses now till the end of the season to start to put his building blocks in place. And he hits the summer with his targets, with a good pre-season, and you let it go. If you have to wait until the summer, and then by the time yep. he gets in and gets things done, you're racing again against time. And it might be another year before he's settled in and in place. Yep. So yep. this interim now, I suppose the only thing in contrast in which goes against my argument would be, I looked back at Chelsea a couple of times when they, you know, Abramovich fires people 
quickly because things weren't happening. They went for Rafa Benitez, I think, one time when the Europa League. Went for Gus Hiddink a couple of times and did pretty well when he mm. was there. So mm. I don't know if that's a model maybe Manchester United looked at and mm. thought, you know, go and get a good, steady, experienced hand that, you know, will maintain some standards for six months. Then we're ready to, to mm. get our man. But I just don't think what I do think with Chelsea is they do their business better and would have set things up. So, you know, last day of the season, first yeah. day of preseason, somebody's ready to go. You just never get the, the, the sense of Manchester United that there's that joined up thinking going and, and that, you know, Pochettino would be ready to go as soon as the season finishes. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Just moving forward, Rob, to the weekend. Chelsea do host mm-hmm. Manchester United on yeah. Super Sunday, 11.30 Eastern Time AM on Peacock Premium. Um, I'll just go through the the odds from our uh, friends at PointsBet. Uh, Chelsea mm-hmm. win is minus 176. The draw is plus 300. Man United win is plus 450. So Chelsea pretty strong favourites. Yeah. Just before we talk about the game a little bit, Rob, I mean, let's just spend a couple of seconds here just thinking about the difference that these, the way that these two teams play and the way that they look, given the amount of times mm-hmm. the managers have with the team. The Thomas Tuchel effect, and as we just said, is less than 12. It's, it's unbelievable difference in a grooved, well-coached, well-organised, brilliantly set-up team compared to one that's been under the same manager for three years or whatever, and it were absolute all-over, off-the-cuff side. That's what a manager can bring you. And I know the players are super important. I know the recruitment is the number one thing. But a, a good, smart manager can make a massive difference. And, and this game, as we go into it, Rob, I think that's going to prove the deciding factor. A manager that's come in and absolutely taken over control of this team and the players to an, to an amazing degree of success and a t- club that's reeling from losing another manager and, and with a style of play that nobody knows what to expect from them. Absolutely. And, and let's not forget, at the beginning of the season, I, and I know you did go for Chelsea to win it, but we looked at four teams across this league and said, mm. with Liverpool and Man City, Chelsea and Manchester United, all yep. look in good shape. They all, we, you know, we all talked about They all, if things went well, could win the title. We look at it, Manchester United now, they sit eighth in the table, uh, Chelsea top. Incredible. And, and you're right, yeah. not, not just in terms of, of, the, of, of where they are in the league, but the football, the that, that Chelsea will play with a style and an understanding that we that we believe will will be successful. Manchester United can rely on somebody having a good a good day. Yeah. If somebody has a good day, they might get a result. And if somebody doesn't have a good day, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's the difference in the two teams. And that's why one's top of the table, looking forward to games and continuing to win, and one's still sort of trundling along and, and relying on the one guy who, they, who some people were saying, well, I'm not sure if he's a good buy for them. Just think about taking Ronaldo's goals out of Manchester United right now. Yeah, They, they wouldn't be in the Champions League. They wouldn't be no. in the, uh, the qualifications and they'd be mid-table in the Premier League. Mm. Do you think, right, just, just watching, and it's only a couple of games really, yeah. Chelsea over the last couple of matches and we talked, I'm not, I, I'm not going to talk about you know, Lukaku situation, yeah. but yeah. Can, can Thomas Tuchel, Rob, take this team to another level, to another, another, another level that we've not expected, or we would. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, winning the Champions League and doing what he did last year. If I, I just like we're twelve games in. Is yeah. there another level, Rob? Is he working on stuff 
like that he's seeing the, the fruition, whether it's the wing back, the defender goals, or the link up play with the front players. I know we expected Lukaku to be more, you know, he's out injured at the moment, but is there another level that this team can go to? I think there is. And I think a good example and a good um, sort of comparison would be Klopp at Liverpool. Mm. They won the Champions League, they're playing mm. well, and we were asked questions improved. about them, like, can they go mm. again? And they found another gear, Rob. They can go to that intensity where they're playing at that level and nobody in the league could really live with them, including Manchester City. And they kept that going. One of the things, I don't know if you saw yesterday, and, and it, it, was, it was something to smile about, and he was first to say it, uh, Thomas Tuchel, but it, it just gave you great insight into the man. So, apparently before Chilwell went down with the injury, he was going to make a substitute. He was going to take Rich James off, and he was going to put Aspilicueta on. Mm-hmm. And then when Chilwell went down, he had Aspilicueta already changed. He just went, oh, Aspi, you go on left back. And apparently somebody said, oh, Marcus Alonso wouldn't be happy. And he said... I'm glad he's not happy, but in this squad, people who aren't playing know they still have a role to, to be part of, of, of the team, be part of the squad. And he said, he will handle it in the right way. But he said, and he said another interesting way, he said, Aspilicueta, I wanted Aspilicueta on the pit to maintain the standards. So he was thinking at two or three, he didn't want anyone to, 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 to drop off. He didn't want to give Juventus any kind of thing. So this guy's already looking at different little things that we're not even aware of. That, mm. You know, Aspilicueta is his, his guy, really, and he's the one who's going to make sure standards stay, just like mm. maybe it's a Henderson or a Milner at, at mm. Liverpool. And he's talked about, you know, the versatility of, of players in different positions and why he plays in there. And you've got the opportunity. Loftus-Cheek, he mentioned, you know, came on and, and influenced the game. Mm. Just get the sense that he's got his fingers all over it, Rob. And that the, mm. he, he's, he continues to push and... and, and, and and probe and, and, and find out about people in, in a very kind of... I'd love to play for him. He's one of them guys, you just look and you think, I'd love to be in a, in a, t- a team like his. Because he he's demanding, Rob. He's, yeah, but he's yeah. demanding. Yeah. You, you want to play for him because you want to please him. And you want to please him because he's a flipping hothead and he'll hammer you yeah. and it mm-hmm. just keeps pushing you. I think... I, I, I know certain players are different and stuff, but I love that. Yeah. Like, he's never satisfied. And if you're a yeah. player, you'll never be satisfied as well because he's going to continue mm-hmm. to push her. And he knows, as you just said there with those players, Rob, he knows who his leaders are. And I think we always mm-hmm. talk about leaders when we talk about champions. Mm-hmm. And it's a champion team already in European football. And there's enough leaders in there... <clears throat> That's Billy Quirter, Lukaku's a leader. Mm. I think Rudiger's a leader the way that he plays. Yes. There's enough Chogo leaders. Chogo Silva. I mean, uh, they, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot there that we, yeah. we could reflect and, back in May and say, wow, this team's got a lot, a lot of players that do a lot for the team. Just want to chuck one at you before we move on to Liverpool. Yeah. Callum Hudson Adoy. Callum Hudson Adoy, my friend. Mm. Seven mm. straight games now for Chelsea. Scored um, in, in mm. the game. He was one who was a little bit on the outside. I think. One of those plays sometimes I think who, who maybe doesn't take the game quite as seriously as he should do and know you know where he's at and how important it is. And Thomas Tuchel has turned him around, Rob. He he, mm. he, he looks he looks now every time he plays he's, he he realizes he's got to make something happen. He's got to influence the game. He's got to do his defending. He's got to make runs in behind. And um, credit to Hudson Adoy because he's taken on the whatever criticism he's taken on the instruction and played seven straight games. And credit Thomas Tuchel because. He obviously sees a player there, as did Frank in the time, but we didn't see we didn't see it on a consistent basis. We're now starting to see consistency from a player who we all know is very, very talented. Yeah, and, and again, like Pulisic and like a few others, I love where he plays. I think he, I mean, we've seen him at wing back, and that's okay. 
But I think he would prefer in those little spots behind the main guy can get involved, get between the lines, which is becoming a really strong part of Chelsea's play. They drop into those areas and it, 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 they can get turned. The wingbacks can get forward. Brilliant. Really, really good. Yeah. How much money do you have on Man United to win this? <laughs> Just zero, a... <laughs> zero of Mrs. Hill's housekeeping dollars. <laughs> Manchester United. Well, we? you never know. We, <laughs> Ronaldo, we, you we, never know. Yeah, with Ronaldo, you never know. But it, it, yeah. I would be... Shocked, my friend, if on Sunday, November the 28th, yeah. when we're on our podcast, next podcast, right. if Manchester United have won that one. Let's just finish right. it off, mate, with, with Liverpool. They were already through. They got a 2-0 win against Porto. A stunning Chogo goal. I'm not sure the volley that, that goes, like, six inches from the ground from 30 yards out, flies into the back of net. Mo Salah with, with the others. Liverpool already through. Maybe a little surprise that, that, that a couple of players, Mo Salah and, and Sadio Mane, played in this one, Robert, when Liverpool were through. Mm. And I just remember last season, I think it was a game we were already through in the Champions League, and he played Diogo Jota. Jota got injured and missed a, a chunk of the season. And I just wondered whether he'd protect some of his players. But obviously, Jurgen Klopp knows better. You know, Salah gets his goal, which always gives him confidence. Liverpool get the 2 0 win already through. Um, not much more to say than that one. N- not a lot more, Rob. I mean, just brilliant. European campaign, 15 points, maximum points. Porto second on, on five points. AC Milan, four points. Atletico Madrid, five points. I mean, when you looked at that table, uh, the ta- the group at the beginning, like, oh, I don't know, Milan aren't in a great form. Um, but it could have been a lot trickier. Just very dominant, very dominant. They had a chance to rotate some players in out of this game. Uh, Mo Salah again, I mean... It almost seems like every game he plays, he scores right now. Comfortable, made some changes. And yeah, that that was kind of the, the one. I don't know if it's a, it's a talking point at all, really. But Sadio Mane and, and Mo Salah, you, you might thought they would have got a rest. But uh, no, 2-0, comfortable. Mm. Another great uh, couple of days of Champions League football, my friend. And it looks good for the English teams. Um, all going to go through into the knockout stages. Of course, there's one more match round of the... Uh, of the leagues, the group stage right now, but uh, all the all the work done. Any favourites amongst them, Rob? When you when you look at, at the four, does Chelsea's command of the opposition and command of what they're doing slightly give you more maybe encouragement than, than maybe a, a Man City who dominate? But maybe you sometimes wonder where the goals going to come. Liverpool in imperious form, you know, it's a competition we know that they love and. <laughs> I suppose United are a, a bit like United. I always think they're like a cup team. Any one night, anything could happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that. Yeah, of course it could, but it's not, is it? It's not going to happen for Man United. We have two legs against good sides uh, on our broadcast here. It kind of showed who's already qualified. There's some yeah. big, big old names, big old names through to the next round. So I don't see Man United, and of the others. <sighs> It's, it's just difficult, difficult to tell. I mean, I, I still think Manchester City still purr mm. at times in, in the Champions League and, you know, impressive today without a full-strength side. You know, the, the whole number nine thing, they're still finding ways, Rob, to score and a couple more today. And Chelsea, if they can go to another level yeah. for Chelsea, this season. Chelsea are a team I, I don't think many people in Europe are going to want to face, Rob, home and away. With that defensive setup. Yeah, I know. And the, and the yeah. consistency, the consistency mm. of that team mm. and the mm. way that it plays. You could almost put the flipping TV on and you put different games yeah. on. You think it's watching yeah. the same one. The control, yeah. the wingbacks, the shapes, the front players, the set-piece threat, the defensive you know, kind of strength, Jorginho's thing, uh, Kante's thing. I mean, there are, 
a pretty grooved outfit in less than 12 months. Again, we're going to don't want to go on about it, but living yeah. it, the job that Tuchel's done is pretty good. I think the, the English teams, Rob, are going to go a long way. Yeah. Maybe many yeah. might have not, but the other three are going to go a very long way. Okay, my friend, time to wrap this up and maybe grab a beer of Thanksgiving coming up in the next couple of days. Another impressive week of Champions League football. Four Premier League teams played, four Premier League teams won, all got through to the knockout stage of the last 16. Special mention, I have to go to Michael Carrick, the interim interim manager of Manchester United. What an important victory courtesy of another Ronaldo finish. We'll be back on Sunday. That's November the 28th. Take a look back at match week 12, including the big game at the bridge. Top table, top of the table, Chelsea hosting eighth place Manchester United. Two teams going in different directions in the league. Can United pull off another big victory? But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty. Together with it, you, Robbie. Thanks for watching, listening. Be safe, stay healthy. For those of you in the US, have a happy Thanksgiving from both of us. It's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.